Good evening, and welcome to Cinema Death Cult, a eulogy of the death of motion pictures in podcast form. Tonight, we'll be discussing the new documentary about Frank Zappa, Zappa. In order to unravel the mystery of the quirky musician, composer, and public figure, I've invited on Dave Sincongrana, a man whose name I'm not sure I'm pronouncing correctly, and who also happens to be... <laughs> sorry. I threw in an extra N, I think. Yeah, you did. Cinco, it's okay. I did. Cinco Grana, right? Exactly. Uh, Dave's a, the best musician I know, and uh, he's a, an accomplished uh, a guitar player who's played in a lot of uh, like Broadway, uh, Broadway ensembles and played in a lot of like high-profile bands. He and I have been just joking and talking about music and pop culture for decades, and uh, I realized recently one of the really nice things about doing this podcast is I get to record conversations that I think are really interesting with people I think are really interesting. And um, so I'm really psyched for this. I'm really psyched to have Dave come on and uh, and talk with me about Zappa. Yes. I'm excited yeah. too. It's funny because I, you know, I, I, I watch a ton of music documentaries. It's part of, yeah. you know, I guess it's sort of weirdly part of my job. Not really. I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I watch a ton of them. And it, yeah. I find that there's like a lot of documentaries about punk musicians, right? Punk has like yes. the most documentaries. Yeah. And I'm not sure why that is, but it just kind of, I guess it's sort of like culturally interesting. But Zappa. I think it's culturally interesting. And I think that also there's a lot of footage taken of it because I think at the time it was very noticed. That's true. Yes, exactly. And there's also, and I, I often wonder if it's like, there's not as many prog rock documentaries because those guys like kept <laughs> playing music and then all the punk guys like went into making documentaries. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, not, definitely not, a... yeah, to not, no, not, not disparaging their, you know, their thing, but I'm just saying, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, you know, punk is kind of a little bit more about some sort of social commentary, obviously, yeah. than like ELP or something, you know, like <laughs> talking about fucking wizards, you know what I mean? Like it's a, <laughs> it's a very, it's sort of a different just wheelhouse. And I feel like that's probably, yeah. but Zappa is interesting because there, there's actually kind of a lot of documentaries about Zappa or like a, a, yeah. fair, a fair amount of them, but which is interesting because he's such a, he's such a like very much a cult musician. You know what I mean? Like he's like, yeah. And famous. Yeah. I mean, he's way like way less people have heard him than have heard of him. I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess you could say that like about pretty much anyone who's famous for whatever reason, but like he really is like, People will put on Zappa for twenty seconds and be like, "Nope, turn it off." <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like a, it's a pretty easy thing to just be like, "Yeah, try, try again later." Yeah, but I guess yeah. we're talking about yeah. the film and not the actual. Yeah, but the two are related, and so I, I don't mind. I, I, I hope that we're going to drift into the music and in and out of sure. the music and the film. But um, such so a start, you know, at absolute first steps. Like, what did you think of the documentary, the new one? Okay. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was effective at like giving like a really good overview of his life. They didn't d dig super deep into the music. I thought Bill S. Preston Esquire really <laughs> caught that Zappo was a composer above all. I feel like, like, 
you know, yeah. he had, there, there was some cultural significance. I thought he really caught that thing for better or worse, or whether you like it or not. Like he, he made it clear that Zappa's passion was composition and not yeah. being a rock star. I mean, right. not that he didn't like being a rock star, even though he wasn't like considered himself a rock star. He definitely like enjoyed the spoils of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and by spoils, I mean groupies. And yeah. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I, I kind of, I was able to piece that together, but yeah, I, he says it pretty baldly in the movie. I think he's yeah. like, I like getting laid. I, I think that's a direct quote. Yeah, he's like, everyone wants to get laid. And he's, yeah. he's not wrong, but yeah, but um, <laughs> but I do, I do like that they captured the the composition thing uh, because, yeah. it, and and I found it fascinating that I like the guy from the Kronos Quartet. Yeah, uh, talked about, and I did, I, I guess I didn't realize this, but that Zappa's like basically totally self taught. Like, yeah. That is remarkable for for what he was doing at a very young age. And it's almost like he did this reverse thing where he like got into rock and roll well after he was into modern, you know, contemporary classical music. Well, I hate saying calling classical music, but like con- contemporary music, you know, yeah. like contemporary chamber music, I, 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 sh- I should say probably makes the most sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like that is definitely not the order. <laughs> no, no. I, if he's to be taken at his word, and, and we don't imagine that he might just be self-mythologizing, he says right. that he didn't like music until he heard uh, Edgar Varese, right? Yes, that is the that's the story. That's the myth. I don't yeah. think it's a myth though. I think I think I think that actually might be true. I think he was probably a deeply weird kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was? I mean, he talked. I, I thought it was interesting that they talked about he was really into editing like home movies and stuff and making film and like piecing things together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is sort of like how some of his music really sounds like sort of pieced together. Yeah. Yeah. collage in a way, but it definitely yeah. has a specific sound, but uh, yeah, that, that whole thing, I thought that was really interesting that he, and I also think like what he gravitated to musically after the, like after he like got into Verres and Webern and all these like kind of European contemporary composers he like the thing he gravitated to was like really sort of like meat and potatoes rhythm and blues you know yeah yeah i didn't realize until i saw this documentary that him and captain beefheart were from the same little podunk california town but i thought that they're just like you know weirdos who found each other later in san francisco what was interesting about that and i think maybe to you know to your point it seemed to me like frank zappa when he was self-directed he was like very animated by you know varice and these like you know modern um composers what, what's the term like con- concrete music or something like that music uh, concrete? I, don't, I don't know that term but, but probably i don't know yeah. there's so many like terms for that yeah but i guess like, i've heard it called new music okay 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 i remember in college they called like there was the new music ensemble at school you know and it, <laughs> and it was like and it was like a, like a weird like it was it was basically a percussion ensemble and they actually i remember there was a concert like you'd have to go yeah. to these like, you know music school you had to go to these like midday concerts every thursday or something yeah and the the percussion ensemble actually did ionization the oh really the, yeah the Verres piece that was like you know uh william patterson had had like a pretty amazing like classical percussion department specifically um like the new jersey percussion ensemble or something was like housed there and they like you know did all their performances there but they did ionization and i remember you know i was like i probably like got into zappa when i was in high school because of like you know my high school guitar teacher okay Um, (laughs) <laughs> no it was great i mean I, and the thing is i think he, he the direction he led me in with zappa is like a much more accessible direction than like 
the mother's i think the mother's stuff is like yeah. sort of really it's like kind of really experimental and sort of young yeah um, and then like the later stuff is also like really ambitious but like kind of got like kind of became a parody of himself or something the way like he i mean this is like a really this is a hot take he became a parody <laughs> of himself um but i, I, hot I take on music that's at least 30 years old at this point. Yeah, exactly. Well, the yeah. thing is, I, I, yeah, I, but I think like the early to mid 70s, the apostrophe overnight sensation, that, yeah. that, I feel like that's like the most accessible, catchy Zappatoons. Besides, I mean, they made, they made a big deal in the documentary about um, Valley Girl. Valley Girl? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that was the big like moon unit song. I think yeah. it was called Valley Girl. And that was his biggest hit. I think if you listen to it now, you'd be like, that's not a hit. Right, for sure. Yeah. Hits are yeah. different now. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it was of the moment and it was a little bit like, Valley Girls were a brand new thing. Like, I don't know when that was, when that song came out in relation to the Nick Cage movie or to like, um, right. like when, yeah, or like sometime in the nineteen early 1980s, like, like Saturday Night Live started like doing Valley Girl stuff. And then it just became this big thing everybody knew, you know, and I didn't know it was the a specific Valley. <laughs> you know, I just knew oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was like connected to a geographic, you know, yeah, play. no, any, any Valley in America counts. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Valley Girl, you know, gag me with this food. All right. You <laughs> <Yeah. know. laughs> they, they speak like this in that Valley near Pittsburgh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any Valley. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, if, if you live in uh, between West Orange and Cedar Grove, <laughs> then, then you know, you're gonna have, there's girls talking like that. Totally. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure of it. So the, so where I was directed, I can't believe I remembered that. I can't believe my train of thought remembered where we were talking about. Um, well, you're a pro, but, dude. Go on. But uh, yeah. Go like, off, King. So, like, <laughs> so I had this teacher who like, you know, like kind of introduced me to to that era of Zappa. I still love that stuff. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a yeah. huge Zappa guy per se, but like total respect for his craft and everything else. And yeah. I can't listen to a ton of it. I do listen to it occasionally sometimes. I remember driving home from a gig that my daughter came with me to in Pennsylvania at yeah. one in the morning. I was like, maybe you should check out some Zappa. <laughs> and we and we listened to all of Apostrophe and Overnight Sensation. And she was like, oh, all right. And I was okay. like, okay, hey, that's pretty cool that you're 11. Um, <laughs> but she, you know, she was okay with it. She didn't. She's okay with it. All right. Yeah. That, well, there's enough funny stuff in it. You know what I mean? There's like, right. St. Yeah. Alfonso's pancake breakfast is a thing that will, it's a, yeah, that's funny. Like, I mean, I guess that's right. And I know we talked about this briefly, but did you read the book as well? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to talk about the book. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's the way I came to Zappa was like my, I had a friend who, you know, very nerdy guy. That's why he was my friend, you know? And yeah. he had very nerdy tastes. And so he liked They Might Be Giants. He liked um, Dead Milkmen, a couple other things of that nature. And um, he also liked Frank Zappa. And he played like Apostrophe. That was the first one I ever heard. Yeah, and, that's, um, that's the one that you can grab onto, I feel like. Well, you know, I'll get it. I'll get more into it later. But I'm a, I like Hot Rats a lot. Oh, right. That makes yeah. sense for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense for you. No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know that I that sounded rude, but I actually meant like I, I just I just feel like I've known you for so long that I sort of have an idea where your taste lies. Right, 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 and, right. No. And and I feel like Hot Rats is 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 also like pretty like pretty meat and potatoes album. You know what I mean? It's a yes. small band, and it's just like kind of a, it's a little rockier than some of the other stuff. Yeah, and it's largely instrumental. Right, for sure. Yeah. 
Except for uh, Captain Beefheart, who you know sings some very non-Zappa-y lyrics in a very non-Zappa-y voice. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but the Captain Beefheart thing, that is interesting. I remember reading in the book, and I didn't remember that fact that they like knew each other in, I guess, in high school or middle school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Let me... Uh, let me make this point that I was going to make before, which is like, so my theory my about that is that I think it's Zappa, like his self-directed thing was like this weird modern composition, classical music, whatever, you know, you, whatever's the right term for it. Right. So that was his self-directed thing, but also his, the one friend he had, you know, in this podunk California town was Captain Beefheart, who was really into these like R&B record and blues records, you know? Right. So he's going to, like, I think he said, like, I would just hang out and, and, and listen to rhythm and blues records till like three o'clock in the morning with Captain Beefheart. Yeah. Who yeah. He calls, Don? he calls him Don in the movie. <laughs> I was like, Don. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, what are you going to do? Call him Captain. <laughs> Captain. Yeah. Like, we're chilling out and recording fucking Willie the Pimp. Like, all right, Captain, take two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know the level that Captain Beefheart committed to with Captain Beefheart, <laughs> but um, it might be. I don't know. So yeah, my friend liked apostrophe, and I think he liked the yellow snow stuff. Like that was supposed to be funny. Yeah, that's apostrophe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. the yellow snow, and there's like I wrapped a newspaper around my head, man, to look like I was deep. You know, like yep. Yep. that stuff that really appealed to like a twelve year old with a really like absurd sense of humor, like looking for weird shit. You know. Yeah, and filthy. And like sexually dirty yeah oh yeah because that's like dirty love is on it oh also no but then he says the next line so look i was deep oh, yeah. the price of meat has just gone up and your old lady has just gone down <laughs> yeah and that, that that fulfills both those things like it's both filthy and and, and funny and humorous yeah, you know totally for sure yeah it's but it's, yeah but it's humorous in this very like quirky way and yeah listen to that and then i think because you know streaming had not been invented yet and i went out and like bought you know, some Frank Zappa album that was not apostrophe. And because and cause he has like 60 plus albums. Yeah, totally. Like, that's a real crapshoot, man. Yeah, absolutely. And it sucked. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah. There's like, there's, I mean, he released everything. I mean, I guess he didn't release everything because there's a bunch of unreleased stuff still. But like, he basically released everything. He didn't. I mean, that guy was not self-conscious. No. Well, he thought it all had to get out. Right. He definitely yeah. believed in himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, he definitely like he, yeah, he definitely like felt like he, everyone needed to hear, or maybe not everyone needed to hear it, but like he definitely felt like there was an audience for what he was doing. And right. even if there wasn't, he didn't care because he wanted to hear it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting thing that comes over in the documentary. I think he says like, I did this because I wanted to hear this music. I wanted to hear what it would sound like. Yeah. When is- he, because he, he hired the LSO, you know, yeah. <laughs> he, hired, he hired the London Symphony Orchestra. And yeah he's yeah. like no grants there's no nothing he's like i've saved money to like have this happen yeah um, right, right right you know okay but the other thing is yeah like they, there's a copy of the frank zappa autobiography in my public library you know what? that's actually a, it's a good book yeah it's fun it's totally yeah. fun. the way it, i feel like the way it's broken up it's like you know it's like it's a bunch of like kind of anecdotes basically it's it's a it's sort of a chronological anecdote it's a this is an auto it's an autobiography but it's a you know it's sort of like kind of in a memoiry kind of style i guess right yeah but he also but by then he was he had issues you know like he had you know i, I don't i don't mean like he had problems with like personal problems i mean he had things he wanted to talk about like he had an agenda oh for sure for sure yeah. as a matter of fact as, and i think we talked about this how we had the kind of opposite reaction 
about this. I was a little, I got a little bit like he got into the censorship stuff, you know, the PMRC and all and the yeah, you know, yeah. Gore and all that stuff. And, and I, I sort of like kind of started to check out at that point. I totally did too. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That yeah. was not interesting to me at all. Yeah. I, I thought his youth stuff was like kind of charming. Like how his dad, we talked yeah. about how his dad is basically like Homer Simpson. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, is that the one great Homer Simpson thing? It's like they moved from Maryland to California and they went to Northern California and he didn't understand the climate. So they had all these like winter coats from living in Maryland. And he, on the way to their house in California, he gave them like some homeless people. He's like, <laughs> we're is- not going to need these anymore. Right. Full disclosure, I actually just watched this documentary again so I could be kind of <laughs> with it. How nerdy is that? It's terrible. That's great. Man. I appreciate it. I take this seri- I take this stuff seriously. Hey, it's it's quarantine. I got nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the whole rhythm and blues thing and, yeah. and growing up in Lancaster, he had a, a mixed band, like a racially mixed band. Like yeah. uh, for this guy who was like kind of a I guess he was a, essentially had like all these kind of libertarian leanings. Yeah. Um or at least artistically. He did. I don't know if he really did personally, financially and artistically, but I think like, oh, maybe, I don't know. What's a libertarian anyway? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's the weird thing, because I, I think that in the 1990s, which I think it was when he really became like a political commentator and a public right. figure, I guess, more than sure. a book. Right before yeah. he died, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I think at that time, there was a lot of like hipster libertarianism that was going around. Right, right. And I think I think libertarians weren't like Ben Shapiro racist. Back no. Well, no, because I was really struggling with with Frank Zappa, honestly. Like the first, when I watched this documentary and I put it on at night, I think I like poured myself like a bourbon or something. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to relax, watch this movie. And I got like 20 minutes into it and I noped right out of it. I wow. just couldn't, yeah, I just couldn't hack it. I'm like, I, I just don't like this guy. I don't like this, this fucking thing. And maybe I just wasn't receptive to it in that moment for whatever right. reason. You knew I would like it and you knew we needed, we needed to be at odds here. (laughs) Yeah. That's how strategic I am with my my podcast. I'm like, Oh, I need to be the heel. Yeah. Uh, Dave's going to be the baby face. So I need to be the heel. It's going to be, it's going to be boring if we both good cop Frank Zappa, you know, (laughs) I mean, this is going to be boring as hell. No matter what we fucking say, dude, we're like, I mean, if if you're not, if you don't have like a buy-in by now, you know, like we're going to start talking about like the Aeolian mode in like five well, minutes. You did, you did sing Note Perfect, a little bit of Cosmic Debris, which oh, is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, but then I warmed up to it. I warmed up to the documentary upon second, you know, viewing and I started over too, which was good because okay. I, I watched the whole thing. Then I started it over from the beginning and I'm like, oh no, this is not as, it's not as, as bad as I thought it was or whatever. And like, right. I just wasn't receptive to its message at that time. And um, I really do think it's a good documentary. I think yeah. it's very well made. But I think the problem is that something that you alluded to earlier is that it's trying to do so much at the same time in a limited time frame. It's hard and, to do. It's yeah. very hard to do. Yeah. Um, and the music, it's a little bit of short shrift. Yes. Which, which is, you know, understandable, but kind of disappointing. And his life story gets, you know, which is pretty intriguing. That gets a lot of play, but I found that having met, read the autobiography and then subsequently really dropping Zappa right between reading the autobiography in middle school and then like watching this. I, and I'm like, everything that was in the autobiography that I remembered, that's also in the documentary. I was, I was fucking bored by. I'm like, Oh yeah, I know all of this. 
Right. I remember, right. I remember all this. It's skipped past. This is boring to me. Well, that's that's the problem with making a, a, a Frank Zabba documentary because he's such a huge cult artist that like everybody who's going to be interested in this documentary already knows everything. Yeah, that's that was my thought too. And you you sent me another Frank Zappa documentary, which only came out like six years ago. Yeah, eat that question. I think it was four years ago. I think it's even more recent. It's so bizarre that all, yeah, there's, I didn't realize what a preponderance of fucking Frank Zappa documentaries yeah, there were. Yeah, it's so strange. Even when he was alive, either he was involved in making movies or like they were kind of like there was a he just had a lot of coverage. There was a lot of yeah, dudes. absolutely. There's so much footage. It's just like God. I mean, I guess he was like he was weird and controversial and you know had a ton of shit to say and, and he filmed himself all the time too like right. he wanted to be filmed yeah it's a yeah totally it's a it's yeah. a little bit like it's a little bit like a punk band <laughs> yeah very much so yeah um, yeah no he wanted to create the sort of snowball of fucking media attention but but starting it like okay film us and we're gonna film everything we're gonna put out live shows we're gonna document everything you know? right right totally it's like it, it's and he didn't even have an iphone uh, yeah yeah, it's a, yeah. He would have been all over um, live streaming. Oh my sure. god! Could you imagine the Frank Zappa Instagram? Jeez. Oh Jesus! What fuck? Uh, it was uh, insufferable. Facebook Live nonstop. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, because shortly before we started talking, I found something on YouTube. It was like a documentary called "A Day in the Life of Frank Zappa." Oh my god. I don't know. Yeah, it's like 1971. And this is my greatest criticism of uh, the Alex Winter documentary: is that a lot of the footage. From, and that was in the documentary was also in this 1971 little day in the life thing which is forgotten but you can find it on youtube for free and i'll link to, right. yeah all the like the foot like the live footage of flo and eddie the thing of zappa on the park bench talking about cheating on his wife so brazenly that was all right. in this documentary the day in the life thing and so like alex winter had access to that enormous basement of um archival footage and, and and everything you know right and went to stuff that was already out there that's a that is a little weird right it's a little bit of a misstep yeah i agree i think there's a you know i, I don't want to i like alex winter he's a cool guy but it's it's it seemed weird that he did that to me yeah it is it's a weird move and and if you go to frank zappa reddit you'll know yeah, <laughs> yeah we <laughs> talked about that yeah the the frank the, 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 the subreddit for frank zappa does not like this movie I think people did like it, but I think everyone was like, oh my God, why didn't you just use all Zappa music for the score? And yeah, why yeah, yeah. Why did you use this footage I've already seen? It's just like, because like, maybe he's trying to get other people to check out Frank Zappa. I don't know. Like, he's, yeah, I mean, I, I, so, so he's trying to get other people to check on Frank Zappa, but I, I was thinking like instance where I am not an, a Frank Zappa obsessive. Like, you know me well enough. Like, I get obsessed about shit. I cycle in and out of fucking obsessions. I was never that obsessed with Frank Zappa. I'm like mildly curious about him. And I thought I didn't know him that well. And I'm watching this documentary and I'm like, I already know a bunch of this shit. And then, you know, like within a pretty cursory internet search, you know, within right. the next week, I've this footage is not not that special, you know? Right, right. I, yeah, I don't think that I don't think there was all that much footage that wasn't that there. I mean, there must be so. I feel like the stuff when he was a kid, I didn't. I hadn't seen any of that footage. Yeah, but I also um, didn't give a shit about that. Though. Yeah, that's the thing is the whole movies. I was actually really excited that my favorite zappa album which is a live one called roxy and elsewhere okay. got released on maybe like seven years ago or something like the full like video of it oh yeah and it's it's on prime i think it's on prime okay but man, i mean it's like that album is i i think it's probably i think it's 73 which is the year i think uh um apostrophe is 72 so it's like that band oh, okay 
those guys are like George Duke, all these like like real like heavy hitters. Like he's the thing that is also interesting is like how badly he like kind of fucked over the mothers of invention. You think so? Well, sort of like last he just kind of didn't give them any like notice. Right, he's just yeah. like, hey, it's a very James Brown move. <laughs> no, yeah. I was you know, like well that's interesting. He had Zappa, James Brown, Sun Ra, mm-hmm. they all kind of operated the same way as a very my way or the highway way of running a band, and I guess that could be really successful. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Um, I, I didn't know that about Sun Ra, but Oh yeah. Okay. I, I'm uh, not that I'm not that I like Sun Ra, but I, I don't know that much about him to be honest. His autobiography is fun. Uh or not autobiography, biography called it's called Space is the Place. Yeah, he would I mean he would just like he you know, they all live together. They live in that big dumb house together in Philly. And um, you know, if you like got caught like smoking or drinking, he would like make you sit on stage yeah. and and like not play. <laughs> like I was saying would- and sort of like the um the goofus to that gallant, or rather the gallant to that goofus, I guess, would be uh, George Clinton, who was just like, "No, we're all having a yeah. good time. We're hanging out. We're gonna buy. We're gonna spend a lot of money on a spaceship." You know, <laughs> totally. Oh, but I, dude, I, I did watch it. I watched a Parliament documentary once that sort of broke my heart, just about how like how much George Clinton like messed with everyone's money and just oh, was yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But, but is that? I hope that would be out of more just sort of irresponsibility and being stoned all the time, or. You know, I I can't really remember, and I want to say that, but I don't think that's actually right. The case. I mean, I don't want because uh, I want to believe. I, I want to believe in George well, Clinton yeah, I, for sure. It's well, it's almost like the Chuck Berry thing, like we were talking about, like how these guys had gotten, like you know, they'd been fucked over so much by record companies, oh, yeah. you know, that they were just like you know, and then they turn around and fuck their band over. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like a whole like you know, it's a turn around and kick the cat kind of situation. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I respect your opinion on music a lot. I know you've studied music. Like that's that's your life is 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 music and stuff. So like like Zappa, could you explain like Zappa musically? I know it's a big broad question, but can you just like take a stab at it for a minute? Sure. Well, I think like he was like super ambitious, yeah. right? Like really noty. <laughs> what uh, does that mean? Like just a lot of notes. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, um, yeah, sure. Had, like tons of notes. He wasn't super concerned with lyrics ever. Yeah. I, I think he just kind of like realized that like writing lyrics was a necessary evil yeah. in order to make money. Yeah. Like he, it, I think if he could have his druthers, he would just not have lyrics in his music. I, I think he, I think he eventually like kind of like got into it and like would get like silly people to sing and just like make you know he just he was sort of like openly mocking lyrics in general. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good, um, yeah, like, good point. You know, obviously, it's like rhythmically super complex. Yeah. He was really into that. I don't know. I, Steve Vai is in that movie, and he talks about how uh, the Black Page is like the most complicated polyrhythmic <laughs> thing ever. And I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Is that but the like, piece that Gail Underwood plays on the piano? Ruth Underwood. Ruth Underwood. I'm uh, sorry. No, Gail was his wife. Ruth is the... Right, Gail's up and Ian Underwood, who is, I think, a tr- the trumpet player, and and, uh, and Ruth's husband. Yeah, he also played uh, piano. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I found out he plays piano on um, Peaches on Regalia. He plays the keyboards. Oh, interesting! I didn't know yeah. that. See, look at this wealth of wealth of information. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like noty, and all, I feel like his like note choices when he plays are like pretty unique. Yeah, uh, it's almost like he's not like he's not opera. He's oper- obviously he's operating under the same tonal system as Western music. Right, but yeah. like it's like less like the major scale and more. God, <laughs> this is and more like you know like just it's hard to explain. Yeah, but. 
but he he definitely like is like a little more exotic note choice wise i feel like yeah no for sure like i was trying to piece together the basic melody of peaches on regalia and i'm like oh yeah this is all this weird shit that you would not yeah i think i think a lot of times like people misconstrue this term polyrhythm just like odd rhythmic groupings yeah. so like you know everything is like quarter notes eighth notes 16th notes but i think like zappa like tended towards a lot of these like um septuplets and like uh quintuplets you know like groups of five and groups of four in the same space that you would have i'm sorry not five and four but five or seven odd odd number of groupings right, odd right. number uh in a lot of his melodies so that kind of made it really herky-jerky sound yes but i what i do find interesting is he always had like a really heavy like mallet and percussion presence yeah yeah that music i think it's cool and i think he had the horses to do it you know he you know ruth underwood is a badass yeah she's great man, like she's a just a monster musician yeah actually her playing that the the black page on piano was sort of a highlight of that documentary for me i thought that that was amazing absolutely I was like, yeah shit she has and the other oh here's another real quick thing about like how he operated his band with like an iron fist is like mm. you watch that roxy and elsewhere live footage concert and and it's they're all they all have this like incredibly complicated music memorized he mentions it in the doc yeah too. yeah yeah there's no sheet music um, on stage yeah, I mean, dude, it's that's a lot. I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of work because these guys are obviously all really good musicians who can read their asses off too, probably. But they're just like they're <laughs> have all this like stuff memorized. It's like, yeah, it's weird and it seems like unnecessarily punishing to a degree. You know what I mean? It is, but uh, you know, you don't want to see a rock band with a bunch of music stands. You know, I guess I guess it's like he sort of like played into that image a little bit, even though he's like openly didn't really like the rock and roll image or the scene yeah that was really interesting because i was thinking about this like he was i think it was like an interview in like the 60s where he's like yeah they don't they, the hippies don't like us because we don't do what they want us to do and i'm like yeah your right. music is supremely not chill your, yeah. your music like fucking never builds it never peaks if i was on fucking drugs and i'd never heard of frank zappa or the mothers of invention i'd walked into your stupid fucking like whiskey a go-go and i heard your stupid fucking show i would have had a bad fucking time and i would have told all my friends that you suck yeah it's totally true yeah. i i do love that story about how they originally got signed because like the dude who signed them was just like partying and he saw a bunch of white dudes like a blues song he's like oh white blues band let's sign these guys and he went just like went party yeah and he's like he just happened to like catch them when they weren't playing some insane shit right yeah the one the one time <laughs> That's pretty amazing. It's really funny. The star is certainly aligned there. Yeah, because I mean, i'd heard that story in the autobiography but then um seeing it in the movie i'm like but he was also a black dude yeah, right. Exactly. He's like, he's like let's exploit these guys now. Yeah. Dude, I mean, that was another interesting uh, kernel to that story in my mind. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that was. A, I didn't realize it until they showed that guy that that was a, that he was black. I, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. At any rate, he, he shit. What were we talking about? Can't I'll ask you about it, their music, and I was gonna. Yeah, I was going to talk about my, my grand unifying theory, which is like shitty and wrong, but whatever. It's like, so I think that like he's on these twin polarities of like, he loves like the, the Captain Beefheart R and B influence versus like this, you know, um, very like squirrely nerdy fucking autistic, like compositional influence. And he's trying to either, he's trying to either uh, go to between rest on one of those two polarities or he's trying right. to mix them together. Right. I mean, that's not completely inaccurate. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that that's, I, I feel like that is like, that made way more sense than what I said. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, that's sort of a thing. I mean, I don't know if that really describes what it actually sounds like. It's right. really hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
without actually hearing it. But like, um, I assume you don't have the rights. But, I'm gonna, um, no, I'm gonna play. You know what I? You know what I found, and and I think it's gonna be the funniest fucking thing in the world. I found a MIDI um, version of Peaches on Regalia. Oh, it'll, it's just like basically what Jazz as Hell sounds like. That basically is like a fucking album of MIDI music. Yeah, so I'll just play a little bit of samples of that. Also, like you know, if the Zappa Estate wants to come and sue me, that's fine. <laughs> Good luck, Zappa Family Trust. <laughs> Did you want to talk any about the Zappa? Did you read about the Zappa Family Trust thing and like how? I I read about yeah. I definitely want to talk about. It. Let's talk about that now. I read about it years ago. I haven't read it recently, but it's it's so fucked up. Like the, the other thing about this movie is that so you have in real life you have Dweezil Zappa, who's been the most famous kind of proselytizer of Frank Zappa's music, the most visible one. He goes out on tours. He plays all fucking Frank Zappa songs, right. or whatever. And he's not in this movie at all. Which is right. Weird. Well, he he is as he, yeah. as a younger. There's there's footage of of all the kids. Well, none of them yeah, are yeah, in yeah. it. Gail is the only one in it. That's the Gail is the only one in it. A, a moon unit is in when she's a young right. when she does the Valley Girl. Thing, we, they're all in. there's all there's a little bit of footage of all the kids. There's probably more footage of Moon and Dweezil than than Ahmed and Eva. Yeah. Oh, and that footage of the kids is also in that fucking like day in the life of Frank. Oh, Sapa really? Movie. She's. Come yeah. on, Bill. <laughs> I know. Come on, Alex. I know this video. This 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 documentary could have been most triumphant. <laughs> Be excellent. I uh, know yeah. Alex Winter on the off chance to listen to this, dude. You're you're chill as fuck, and I'm yeah, sorry totally. to like do needling criticism to you, but I like you. Be though. excellent always. That's actually it. Shouldn't have been B best for Ivanka Trump. It should have. excellent well he's a he's a left-leaning liberal he would have been pissed off yeah he would have gotten keanu to like do a video or something (laughs) but but anyway yeah no no dweezil's in it dweezil's there's some footage of there's dweezil playing like uh eddie van halen striped um kind of like a gibson explorer or some sort of like pointy guitar Oh, all right, there's, all so right. there's a little bit of footage of of there's probably more, right? But he but all the interviews of yes, everybody. There's there, well, Gail's the only one who there is from the family. I know, and she died five yes. years ago. Yeah, so it's she weird. She seemed sort of terrible as a person in how she how she's like treated Dweezil and Moon uh, after yeah. Frank died. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly weird to me. It's sort of like the stuff that you, if you read like Vanity Fair articles about like very rich people, like, you know, Princess Monaco's, you know, niece or whatever, you know, whatever bullshit thing they have. It seems like that, which you would not want, wouldn't associate with fucking weirdo rocker Frank Zappa. Right, you know? right. Totally. It's a, yeah, it is, it is very, there's a weird power struggle in that family. And it's, and it's so strange. I, I, I sent you that game show where Dweezil. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Dweezil that, and man. Ahmet were like, buddy buddy like they're pals and then like like 10 years later they're in court con- it's like constant litigation to the point where gail like after she died she made dweezil and moon like minority partners in the trust so, like, yes yeah they got 20 percent each and diva and amet got 30 percent right. each they're minority stakeholders in the which TV. is sort of just really weird to pit your kids against each other like that yeah, and the other the other twist to that is that evidently um, Moon was kind of like tending to her on her deathbed, right. 
Yeah. And I guess this moon claims that uh, Gail was saying like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But right, right before she died and she didn't know, and moon didn't know what she was referring to. And then it turned out it was about this fucking <laughs> divvying up of their estate. She's like, I gave it, I gave it to my monster younger children. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. And I don't know if they're yeah. even monsters, but they're just sort of like, it's just that they, she made it so that way there had to be loyalties and ties and whatever it in the family. Very, very strange. So I, there's a weird thing. The, the whole thing with Dweezil, because he really is the one out there, like trying to like keep the, the, that music going. Cause it is, it is a, a like, like Ruth Underwood says, it's like, it's not jazz. It's not rock. It's not classical. It's that, but it's a very specific sound. It's not. Yeah. For better. Yeah. Yeah, like I watched a video of him in like playing, um, playing in Portland, Maine. You know, so he's like going around and, and um, bringing up like local teenage musicians to play like violin on stage and stuff. It seemed, it seems like that's what you would want Zappa's legacy to be. Right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, and it's yeah. interesting. He Dweezil really like. It seems like he like learned all that music. Like it's it's a hardcore job. And I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. the the family trust, I, I Gail when Gail was still alive, I think she like sued him for using Frank's image and, and, and uh, you know, cause like on merch and stuff like that. It's like, this guy's like, you know, he's like 14 piece band that he's like trying to travel along the country. It's like, yeah. You know, all over the world. And like, and like, that's, it's incredibly expensive. And like, you know, and she yeah. sued so many people that apparently I just read this recently. This is like, they finally like kind of settled everything with, with everyone, by the way. Oh, okay. So I guess I, I shouldn't use any Zappa music in this episode. Is that uh, no, what you're I think you're fine. Uh, <laughs> and actually, if they if they used more Zappa in the uh, in the score for the movie, the, uh, Reddit would be so much happier. <laughs> God, God, what a bunch of whiny assholes on Reddit. Unreal. I know well, that's yeah, Reddit. That's, 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 that's everywhere now. Which everyone has yeah. a goddamn opinion, but we this podcast. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad that was your Hypocrite first all. yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, it was a correct thought but yeah it hurt but i feel like i feel like dweezil was finally like he's like allowed to like use his name again and uh moon moon's lawyer finally found like some sort of shit that she was uh, happy with because apparently she does stand-up comedy now oh yeah really? and i'm not gonna check it out i'm yeah, I'm not either. And I think she dated Mark Marone, the um the what the fuck guy. Oh, oh Mark Marone. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> I don't know. That was the one thing I know about. I know two things about her. I'm pretty sure, I'm 98% sure that she's the girl that Rusty meets in European vacation. Right, you it's like, yeah, and I I kind of half-ass checked okay. that, and I'm pretty sure it's her. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, Rusty? Also Rusty when she when he's on that movie that movie both sucks and rules at the same time it's a weird liminal space for that movie that's my favorite rusty for sure like oh my god man (laughs) oh yeah that guy yeah it was like the anonymous shithead who looks like yeah it was not um because the first one is um, the first that's right yeah he's good i mean he's yeah but but that second rusty cracks me up he's like he's in the in the like <laughs> what is it? He's in like the burlesque show, and he's like, oh, it's like drunk, yeah. dude. That Rusty's the best. He's like, God, the best. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's hilarious. Audrey. And what's his yeah. face in it? Karate Kid guy, uh, Johnny. Johnny. Uh... Oh, yeah, really? He's, he plays Audrey's 
boyfriend and she like she racks up like hundreds of dollars in like long distance phone calls from europe because she's like obsessed with him oh wow so he's in he until the tv show he was in three unassailable 80s movies classics and unassailable is the right word too yeah yeah i mean back to school karate kid and uh oh my god i forgot he's in back to school jesus christ yeah he's the evil diver (laughs) (laughs) he's the evil diver he's the best that's that's my favorite dio album by the way evil diver yeah, evil I was diver, yeah. reminded of uh, the Kurt Vonnegut scene in uh, Back to School. How great that Oh, it's the greatest. Vonnegut, you're <laughs> fired. <laughs> Whoever wrote this, there's nothing about Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> so so, so um, I didn't know that Moon dated Mark Marone, as you Yeah, yeah, Mark Maron. I don't know how you... I like, I like so Marone. I like... I like- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I heard that as a joke. Like, if you're saying, like, oh, you're an Italian person. So, you know, it's like, Maron. Yeah, Maron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I want to know that, that she dated him. That's such a weird... I think, yeah, because I, I remember reading, like, an interview with him in, like, the AV Club or something where he was like, yeah, lately, yeah, lately I've been checking out a lot of Zappa, you know, and... um. <laughs> And then the interviewer was like, well, you have a vested interest in it. And he's like, yeah, I'm dating his daughter. Oh yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, some bullshit. Like, but then it must have been so long ago. It's weird. It, it's weird. It's to quote the great Willie Nelson. Ain't it funny how time slips away? Because I thought that was like like three weeks right. ago for real. Like when I read that oh. interview. And then there was this whole thing about Mark Marone, his longtime right, girlfriend yeah. had died. Yeah. And this must have preceded right. that. Like, well how long ago did i read this stupid interview? yeah right exactly they broke up for yeah. a little while i saw mark marone on the street in red bank yeah oh, really? i guess he was probably playing at the basie or something oh yeah it's so funny to me that he snuck into the joker that he movie. snuck in well i mean oh. that he's like in one scene of that I movie like, i was like he didn't pay yeah. <laughs> well i just felt like I was so into that movie when I saw it. And then it's like Mark Marone showed up and I said, what the fuck? No, I, I How appropriate. Um, I know. I know. Anyway, let's get back yes. to Frank Zappa. So I really like Hot Rats. I really like that album. And every time, and I like Apostrophe. Yes. And and so like with fucking Apostrophe, there's the song Apostrophe, which is that, you know, like heavy bass, like fuzz And you know, song. he's playing that fuzz yeah. bass. It's the yeah. cream guy, allegedly, but there's a little bit of weird controversy. Oh, really? about I mean, that, it I says it on the liner notes. It's like it's like pretty expressly like Jack Bruce on bass. Yeah, I feel like I heard that it's controversy too. What what is? I think he's like a dick, and he like says it's not him. weird. Why would he? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good tune. Like, why would you? It's a good tune, that? and it's like a totally like meat and potatoes like rock instrumental. It's good. But yeah, it, that's the thing. Is it, that, that's my other thing about it. It's a meat and potatoes. But it's also it rocks really, really fucking yeah. hard. It's like it's it's meat and potatoes, but it's fucking like prime rib and fucking awesome dope like a, lo- like a loaded baked potato with with. Yeah, yeah, it's good as hell. You know, and it's like yeah, and and it just it jams hard. And there's there's such a value to me to the music that jams hard, and that that that's that good. And it sounds just like a couple of really good musicians getting loose and getting into a right, fucking Which is groove. so rare for a Zappa thing because everyone is like, I, I feel like like playing that music would be like super like satisfying when you're done playing it. But like when you're yeah. playing it, it's just like you're on eggshells because you're like, 
<laughs> like this is very it's all super challenging i mean it's not like it's not it's really right, hard yeah. music to to execute um right but there's that and there's not like willie the pimp like that's just yeah. a good riff you Fine. know and i think that that's i don't know maybe i'm wrong but i think that song's just one fucking chord just like one riff and one I chord i should have right? listened to it before we did this but i think i think you're right. well i gave you no warning i think you're but, right yeah, yeah, yeah. but you should have yeah. i have not it's like a blues song, you know. Yeah, it's a good riff. A good riff, a riff, yeah. little riff rock. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, which is, you know, it's and and it's almost like the pure art and and perfect music of Black Sabbath, not in that respect, because it's like, you know, who, by the way, Zappa loved. Did he? I mean, I, that makes sense. Tony Iommi yeah. sounds like a guy who like he would like listen to. What I loved in that in that documentary, and I hadn't seen this footage, was. Johnny Guitar Watson talking about Frank Zappa. That had a special place in my heart because I love Johnny Guitar Watson. Who's Johnny Guitar oh, Watson? Just go listen to him. You'll love it. You're like, he's like okay. a, he's like a right, he right. was like a um like a like a you know like Clar- like those rhythm and blues guys he was listening to who like who oh, like kind of right. went on to be like a real like funk guy in the 70s. And it's oh, okay. like um do you know Superman Lover the the um there's a red man you know red man the rapper yeah, it's called yeah, superman lover and it's samples it's, it's called superman lover and it's uh, sampled yeah, yeah, yeah. sampled by uh and it's a all right but, but but so like listening to apostrophe listening to willie the pimp i'm like my thought was like there must be a million songs like this that zappa and has just never released you know? or because i don't know no, just I couldn't. I could never find them. Everyone's and, and it's so hard to go through his catalog right. for me because I'm like trying to find like these little nuggets of things that I really fucking like. Right. But it's like, but I keep running into. I, I realize there's a bunch of deal breakers. You keep running into. I just made that up, by the way, but it totally could have been a Zappa thing. Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's actually the the least of it. The the the, the thing I don't like the most is um all the seventy stuff, all that fucking um uh do up. The do up. Oh sucks. yeah. I mean he did that like completely tongue in cheek too. I, I don't think that I, I know it's so annoying and it's so like baby boomer seventies fucking piss take on fucking do up. Right. And like, you're supposed to be annoyed by that though, I think. It's, it's kinda interesting that he had yeah. like it's sort of an a sort of a statement of just like this is fucking annoying to me. So now you have to listen to it too in, in its most annoying form. And here it is. Yeah. And that yeah, and it's weird. Yeah, his whole because he was he was clearly like an autodidact, right? Like he not just with music, but just generally. I don't know what that word means. So he he, he okay, taught himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. I I'm sorry. You know what? I I I I, I, st- I like I did a bunch of crosswords for crossword puzzles years ago for the SATs, and some every once in a while these things. Oh, emerge. That's fine. I, I'm like, glad I'm, to I'm glad to know a new word. I use it all the time now, <laughs> and then I'm gonna yeah. act like people are um, dumb when they don't know it. <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, so he was self. So I think he allegedly again. This might be a self mythologizing, but I think that he said that he just like spent hours in his local library reading stuff when he was like oh to like learn how to compose or whatever or and also just to learn the world and the world of letters i mean i kind of could see it but i know yeah yeah, i could i could definitely see him doing that i mean he did that with like composition that's which is 
incredible to me. Like that that is the that is the most amazing thing about Zappa is that he like he learned how to make all that really annoying music. <laughs> but like um really I want to get back to his music in a minute, but first like just to stay on this thought. So so yeah, so he was very successful in teaching himself how to be a composer by reading these books and stuff. I think he was less successful about learning how to be a public intellectual from right. him. And so you like he name checks things that are kind of like highbrow, like college stuff, like stuff that you'd study right, in college, right. you know, like he's talking about like being annoying on stage. And he talks about theater of cruelty, which is like his Anson Artaud thing. And it's like this big theoretical thing, you know, and whatever. And I think that he, and it's not something I know super well at all, but I know it well enough to like, to be able to spot a kidder, right. you know, like, like, you know, I'm able to spot somebody who also doesn't know it. That right. Well. Like very serious, you know, with, with- yeah, and I'm like, I think that you don't really get the whole thing, buddy. And I think you're doing it as an excuse. And and I think that that kind of permeates his public intellectualness. And that's why I was asking you about his music. Right. It's a little bit. I think the music is a, is a, is definitely like not that. I do, I do think he. I mean, but I think can like as far as like the libertarian ish aspect of his music, he's very like he's very Howard Rourke of the Fountainhead. You know what I mean? in that yeah, way which yeah. i think is like a really immature way of looking at things right um that's my- but it's interesting because like i was watching some of his interviews later because there's like youtube there's like a two-hour youtube clip that like collects all of his like tv interviews or a lot okay. of them i was watching them and it seems like later in life he drifted away from that libertarian stuff that you're describing but didn't quite have the the i don't know he couldn't quite like level up you know yeah 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 for sure he couldn't really like figure out where he needed to land with that yeah it's it's interesting he um i do think like it's funny that he carried that torch for the the um carried that torch carried the mantle what's the term either either one works okay cool yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. we don't get hung up on metaphors in this um but for the for the for the censorship thing, because he didn't really care about that, and they they I do like that they brought that up in that documentary. Like, yeah, it, there, yeah, I like that they brought it up. And I but I was watching it, and I'm like, why don't why am why am I not invested in this? And, you know, like why don't I care about this so right. much? And I realized, um, well, one because it's kind of self serving for him because he just wants to. Cause yeah, all of his public intellectual stuff, like once you realize it's all like from the, 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 his vantage point, you know, he wants it to like be this like autistic fucking composer who also gets to do like swear words and have naked chicks on sure. stage. He wants to be Frank right. Zappa and that's the whole public persona. Right. You know, you're stopping me from being Frank Zappa. There's an oppressive force or several oppressive forces stopping me from doing right. that. And you know, Interesting. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That, yeah, that does, that totally makes sense. Yeah, so so he wants to do that, but also he was doing orchestral music by then and should not have done right, shit. Right. And I think I, I think feel like it, I feel like in that interview that guy kind of was like, "Why isn't why are you doing this and not like Prince?" You know what I mean? Like, why are you out here yeah. like putting yourself out there? And it's like, it's, I mean, it's sort of for publicity, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, that's yeah, yeah. It's sort of for publicity and it's sort of self-serving, but it's also like Prince isn't going right. to do that. Like every, you know, Prince is not going to. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, he for did sure, not. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A prince got on stage and was like, yeah, man, I'm talking about, you know, darling. Nick. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't give a shit. And then he's going to like, then he's gonna, no. then he's jack off at the end of fucking 
purple rain from a. <laughs> yeah, check up with his guitar. I, was, what? I, can't, I can't believe that ended up in the final cut. But um, uh, or uh, or fucking uh, oh yeah, I listened to um, uh, Nasty Girl by by Vanity sure. Six the other yeah. day, and it's so that's such a catchy, great, amid, one of the greatest pop dance songs melodically and beat wise and harmony uh, of yeah, all time. It I is think. like one good. of the top. Yeah, and then then he Prince made sure that it would not be popular by making the lyrics super dirty and about like dicks and yeah, <laughs> and that's sort of beautiful, you know. It's like beautiful and poetic. I mean, that was his weird fucking vision, and it's like, no, I don't want this one to be hit. All right, all right, another one in two hours. Yeah, that's good. kind of yeah, that is exactly kind of how he operated. Yeah, and it's cool, but yeah, it's, yeah, because Prince doesn't want to step up, and so Zappa's going to come out and do his thing, and that's fine. It's like he wants. I I don't think it's bad, but I, and right. I, was, I, I th- this is my this is my and this might be bullshit, but I was like because ultimately it became it it feels like Kabuki theater. It feels like something that's not fucking real to me. It feels like this is very public battle over something that did not matter in the fucking not at all, not at all. It was it was all like political to get like votes pretty much, or to it was some sort of. I, I feel like all of that shit was just like just something to get attention. Like no one really gets. If, like yeah. Iron Maiden sings about the devil. Who cares? I mean, like it's so weird. That whole when I look back on the eighties, I'm just like, what the hell are we doing with this shit? Is this all this weird old nonsense? It's so And it's funny because you know he died in like he died in what the nineties. He died in ninety three, I think. Ninety three, yeah. And so then you like now like this is this is a true story. Down the fucking street, on the, like a block away from my daughter's elementary school, um, there's a Trump flag that I had seen for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then Do I finally realized it when you Trump go by flag, it. Do you just? Get oh, you know, yeah, I pull down my <laughs> pants every day. I salute it in the, in the way that God intended. No, but it says, but the flag it says Trump 2020, and I just had seen so many of them that I didn't realize it also said like stop the bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And and I realized like okay, so that's. The, that that's why like I, I feel so alienated from like Frank Zappa's like thing against uh, James Baker yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, against cultural conservatism. It's like this is just something that's a relic. This just doesn't like the 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 culture coarsens that's, after that. Yeah, that's and, totally true. I hadn't thought about that. Like when you look at it with today's terms, it's like yeah, it's it's just it doesn't none of that shit fucking matters at all. I guess it felt did it feel like it mattered then though? I don't know. So. A lot. There seemed, it seemed like a lot of people wanted it to matter. It's like I remember, like it seemed like you know I wouldn't be able to buy Cinderella albums <laughs> or Britney Fox or whatever the fuck it was. You Somebody know, like, save me! I want to get Cinderella. Yeah. Album. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> no, oh no! Don't put that sign on the Britney <laughs> Britney Britney Fox album. Britney Fox. Was Britney, was Britney Fox? A I band? think so. Not a, I don't know if okay, you checked. Yeah. They, they showed a tiny little clip of that Crossfire episode. Yeah, yeah. Which was yeah. so the guy. Yeah, I saw that, and so it was like, I think it was like Jack Germond or something, like one of the guys from. Um, yeah, yeah, it was before. totally. Yeah, yeah. Jack <laughs> Germond, you know, uh, and which I'm doing fucking wrong. Oh, Dana, Tar- Dana, Dana Carvey's impression. That's Dana. that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of Phil Hartman doing the. First oh God! <laughs> don't, don't get me started. I'm looking at you. I'm thinking, eight ball, corner <laughs> pocket. Hey, what the fuck is up with this bullshit? 
I hear you, Junior. Put it back over our head and do your business. Uh, I think he says. I think he says the uh, the f the f slur for gay people. Oh, oh, uh, I. Yeah, not I think he says Millie Vanilli. What the fuck is up with this f slur? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does. He does. I. He, he says, yeah, "What yeah, is yeah. this f crap?" Yeah. He's like, I forgot what the topic is. Yeah, yeah, but so like Frank Frank Zappa is is arguing with Jack Tremont or whatever the guy's name is, and he says something like, "He goes like, do you think our founding fathers, you know, wanted to intended to have the Constitution protect people, talk, know, what, people talking listen. about sex and Satan?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and Zappa kind of just lost. He's like, "Yes." He's like, you. "He's like, yeah, I do." He's like, "And you could kiss my ass." I think he said. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I'll knock your teeth out, and I was like, "Where does it go from here?" <laughs> It, yeah, that was pretty great, honestly, because I was thinking also, like, the wisdom of hindsight. I'm like, well, yeah, the first, you know, the printing press wasn't even invented, and there wouldn't be an opportunity for pornographic material. And I'm like, oh, no, it's about Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, I could have used my superior knowledge of history and debate <laughs> skills. I'm like, no, it's better. No, it's, it's better, better to yell. Old we all know that. Book. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, and that's cooler, because it was, like I said, I, th- I really feel like it was theater- because it was so that he dies in like 93 Napster comes out in like what, like 2000 oh God, he would have hated that. I think it was, was Napster that, that God, I guess that was, I guess that was early two thousands. I don't really remember exactly. Yeah. Cause it, well then there wasn't a central government. God, it really body. sucks that oh. Lars was right about that. Huh? And it really sucks that Lars Ulrich was right about that. But the thing that was that Frank Zappa found to be so problematic, there's a centralized government body that was holding back creativity went out the window instantly, you know, cause then you have fucking first you have Napster and you have file trading and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Then you have the internet and that the initial wave of the internet was super fucking dirty and mean and gross. Right. And then you have fucking um, satellite radio. So you don't even have the, the FCC doesn't even have power anymore. And then you have like podcasts, which, you know, like you don't even think about hearing swear. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's the fucking wild west. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no way to really to Yeah, stop I mean the, the, I mean the shit the, the shit that like my kid I like not my kid specifically listens to but like shit that's like on the radio and pop tunes and just hip hop and all, just everything that's like popular, I'm just like this is like I'm like clutching my pearls here and I'm not like you know I'm not exactly like you oh, know. Yeah. I I mean WAP. Yeah. Dude, that's the yeah, NPR, that's that was so, the NPR the... song of the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> are you kidding me it's hilarious yeah because that, that's like because like npr that's like t- like if tipper gore was like like tipper gore now the way she was in like 1980 whatever she'd be npr she'd be totally. on npr every fucking day it's like day. gross is talking yeah. about wop what the fuck yeah yeah so that's great oh yeah but it shows just like the culture changed and all and and that's why I, I couldn't engage with that. It was like an interesting enough fight. And I guess it was it was cool that he was on TV and kind of being like, okay, saying these like pithy things and like saying some swear words and being cool right. or whatever. But it's also like um like the comparison I was having was like the uh did you ever see that documentary about um who's the guy who did jump in the fire? Oh uh, or, Harry Nelson. Henry, Harry Nelson. Harry Nelson. You see that documentary of Harry Nelson? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good documentary, but he was like drinking buddies with sure. John Lennon, and then John Lennon gets shot, and then Harry Nelson's like, 
weirdly enough, he was like, okay, I'm going to be a political activist now. I'm still a fucking weirdo drunk has been, but I'm going to go to Capitol Hill and I'm going to talk about, we need more guns. Yeah, that is weird. I forgot. I kind of forgot about that part. He is, actually did write some yeah. awesome songs. And, and uh, um, no, much respect. All praise due to fucking Harry Nelson, but he was a fucking weirdo drunk, you know? Oh, yeah, that was it. That was the other thing about like Frank Zappa being like this public intellectual guy who goes on the news and stuff is that, you know, like I went through this like mild Elvis fascination pretty recently. Right, and right. You go through like this and you watch him be interviewed. Well, first you watch like his concert footage and he's like so charismatic and people are so into it. And, right. and you're like, okay, I could see how people might be alarmed about this because this is the first time this happened. This this never happened before. Like Now we're like, okay, right. we're rock stars and singers and teen idols and whatever. But this is the first time that this kind of sexually charged youth culture thing you know, comes out and they're like, well, we got to, you know, white blood cells got to come out and, and fucking like the culture, protect the culture, whatever. You know? Right. And, and I think that carried over for about a decade, you know, like then the Beatles come out and it gets worse. Cause like all of us, like they're kind of smarter and yeah. The, and their hair is a little longer, their hair's longer and they're smarter and their songs a little better and they're a little bit more articulate. And then you have like fucking Bob Dylan contemporaneous. And it's like, Oh, this guy actually says stuff. Right, you know, right. And he's actually oh. engaging with the culture. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe there really is going to be something scary coming out of this. And then, you know, so, you know, the, then like five years later, there's nothing, you know, you know, you know, there's not going to be that. Like you can have like Jimi Hendrix on fucking, um, on like the Dick Cavett show or whatever. Right. But, oh, by the way, real quick. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix is in that picture for We're Only In It For The Money, which I totally didn't notice the first time I watched it. Is it actually Oh, him? it's actually him. They show him at photo shoot like walking around oh i thought it was just an insert shot of him no, that's a, I, you know i originally thought that but in the it's a, in the moving you know in the actual home video like jimmy's like walking around with Noel. i think with noel redding it's really fucking weird oh, that's interesting yeah and there must so again there must be some fucking audio of them playing like i'm sure jimmy just didn't like go and have his photo taken yeah i don't know I, maybe who knows yeah oh yeah just, just, just to wrap gail. up that idea yeah gail whatever but like so yeah the the the, the documentary is flawed for a couple of reasons but really what they should have done is just taken that huge basement of stuff and digitized it turn it into some like 24-hour streaming thing make it a subscription thing and it's like okay you can drop in on whatever zappa I love footage it. or whatever you should take over the or zappa family trust yeah. I'll send them a letter. I just, I'll just like put me on your payroll. I'll digitize all this shit and we'll put it up. I have audacity. You know, we could do this. Like... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't even like Zappa that much. But yeah, no. But like, I would pay if it was like a reasonably priced thing, where I, like I could yeah. drop in and out of it. I would want have that, and I'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Well, it's whatever. Even talks channel. about in like, that fucking documentary. He's like, here's the tape of me playing with Clapton, and it was like. Why? Yeah, exactly. Like Reddit is like furious. It's like it's like I know I I I'm don't curious. even really like Clapton that much, but like but like yeah, yeah, I would love to hear that. Honestly, I'd love to hear Clapton just yeah. play his dumb Clapton shit over anything that anyone else ever plays ever. Or um, did yeah. you did you actually? I, sorry, this is completely off topic. But did, sure, 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 go for it. Because I'm cool. The video I sent you of uh, of Carl Perkins. <laughs> did you check that out at all? Oh yeah, and yeah. Did you see, I, yeah, did you see awesome. and then Eric Clapton takes a solo like George George Harrison takes a solo and it's brilliant. It's great. It's like style, it's great. And then yeah, Clapton yeah, yeah. takes a solo and he's like yeah. and I'm like, this sucks, dude. Eric Clapton is playing the same bullshit Eric Clapton shit on this. Like at least like show respect to the fucking style. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a couple years ago, I got really stoned. I listened to the um, the extended CDs of okay. Eric and the Dominoes, where so there's like a couple like 20 minute jams of him like leading the band, which like Did you just playing guitar play stuff. Eyes? And I was like, Did you just see me roll my? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I sensed it, but it, but it was like it, but it was like the most on point, fluid guitar playing I'd ever heard. I'm like, This is amazing. This guy's playing for like 20 minutes, and it's so good. And I'm like, And then I stopped for a second. I'm like. I can't remember any of it. None yeah, of it was that, fucking memorable. That's, that's sort of his playing. I can't think of. I mean, a couple, some of the cream stuff. I could like, I could like remember those solos. But a lot of the beyond that, I don't know. Like actually, the, actually, some yeah. of the solos he plays with the Beatles. Like if I remember more than his stuff, I don't know. That there's actually the Eric yeah. the Eric Clapton documentary is pretty interesting too. Um, there's a good. Yeah, there's a good one. Well, I haven't I'll tell seen you about it. I didn't know that existed. Oh yeah. But I wanted to ask you, so what do you think of, since we're on this nerd mm-hmm. guitar shit anyway, and everybody stopped listening by now. So like, what do you think? Oh, of Frank's that's actually an playing? interesting question. A couple things that, um, I like his guitar playing a lot. I think it's like, it's like kind of, it's, he's a little sloppy and he, he's, uh, in that, like, yeah. it's cool. I think his, I think his guitar playing is like, yeah, as, as interesting as his composing, but like, and like kind of in a completely yeah. different way. Uh, and I, yeah, and I yeah, he, yeah. even his, I noticed his picking style is like really similar to George Benson's, which is really weird because George Benson is like the king of like chops. He's like the. I do, don't <laughs> pander to my audience like that. But no, I, the, he is, but no, I, I actually really like Zappa's guitar playing. It's like, it's weird because it's, he's like the rhythms for everything that he composes, he like demands like a super precise, um, like, uh what do you call it um just he demands all this rhythms to be super precise but then when he plays like rhythmically it's super loose and kind of all over the yeah. place in in a really good way and i feel i feel like that's really the influence of those like um clarence gatemouth brown and and johnny guitar watson those like those like r&b guitar players that's actually where i feel like that really shines through pretty yeah yeah yeah. oh i actually i I actually kind of wish he took took more solos on the stuff that i like um yeah yeah but because he has all those guitar albums that sort of like compilations are those worth listening to oh yeah that was that was my other yeah Um, yeah, i I like i like some of those i'll I'll send you a copy you know what i'll oh no i'm not gonna do that that's too much work i was gonna say i'll make a list and you could put it in the show notes (laughs) No, 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 no. That's too much. But if you, but if you were going to like throw out like, I don't know, three Frank Zappa albums. Well, like what? my favorite's Roxy and Elsewhere. We, that's all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, shit. And I'd say, I mean, Apostrophe and Hot Rats are the two that I feel I mostly would play okay. I think like if I played my, like, I think. Peaches on Regalia yeah. is, a, is an amazing composition. Totally. I like it every time I hear it. But I'm also, I would never play that like, oh no, my no, Zappa does not. Ha- Actually, my wife watched the documentary with me, but we, she would never listen to Frank Zappa, like not in a million years. I mean, not like she was, it's like, that's just not her thing at all. I, I It's not anybody's thing for the most part. It's not most thing. Uh, it's just because it yeah. has no chill, pretty much. Is, is well. But um, yeah, but exactly. I think um, apostrophe an overnight sensation. I kind of count those as the same thing. Cause I think they're the same recording session maybe. Um, and also like okay. Tina Turner's the, you know, Tina Turner sings backup vocals on that. Yeah, totally. Really? Um, yep. Like an uncle Remus. 
Really? That, which is, by the way, that's a, such a weird song. I mean, that's yeah. it's a really good song in the sense that it's like a nice rolling blues piano composition, but it's also like, I think this song is a is Frank Zappa struggling to make a statement about civil rights and it, it definitely is because he's talking about like knocking the jockeys off the lawn off the rich people's lawns. It's definitely like kind of like yeah, this like yeah, anti Orange yeah. County white people thing. But he also is like, we look pretty sharp in these clothes unless we yeah. get sprayed by a hose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, if they squirt it your way, except in the winter when it's froze. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it very like it's deeper. Again, I, his limited understanding of the world, I think, got well, in the way. Of I mean, I think, I think that, that the whole and, civil rights thing is interesting because he is clearly like super uh, sympathetic and. Yeah, no, he's clearly yeah. yeah, he has black people in his when, band when it wasn't okay, yeah. you know, in that part of t- that town. But um, yeah, yeah, I I do think um, I think that that album, I think those, you know, Apostrophe and Overnight Sensation, Roxy and Elsewhere, and Bongo Fury is a really good one too. Yeah, that has a lot <laughs> really? of um, a lot of uh, Dan Van Vliet on it. I will I will call him by his real name. <laughs> Are you gonna <laughs> cash his glam? Cash his glam. Well. The captain, the captain is on, is on, right? And the, uh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a song yeah. called Muffin Man on it. It's very, oh, yeah, that's, girl, that's pretty well man, known. The muffin. Uh, good lyrics. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, um, <laughs> shit, the one other thing I was going to say is I thought it was interesting when he went to New York. I didn't know about this period at all. I feel like I just didn't, I feel like this is just like, like where Ruth Underwood met him and stuff. And he had a, like, a residency at a theater, yeah. which is a wild fucking thing yeah. and necessary for that band. Yeah. Cause they were probably like, you know, as he, as he, he like leveled up in bands, you know what I mean? After them, those guys were really yeah, good yeah, players totally, totally. for sure. In their like little hippie, like context, but like, right. right. They're, they're probably the only hippie band totally. that could have played like Stravinsky. Totally. And, and, only, and, um, yeah, but the, those, you know, he like when he added like George Duke and Chester Thompson and, and all these guys, he just started getting ringers, um, ringers who believed yeah, yeah, in this yeah, thing, yeah. which is not easy to do. Yeah, especially you know, the, nobody's right. more fucking entitled than a really good musician. Um, but uh, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that that was that period is interesting and like how he found a really good audience in New York that like kind of got what he was doing more artistically and was less about the scene. Right, right. Yeah, well, they said the same like same like three hundred people right, the shows right. every well, night, which I guess is the very <laughs> definition of a scene. But like, <laughs> but it seemed to me also like, oh Jesus, you what a waste of a of a Wednesday night. Like, go, yeah, go, I was go gonna say times, once or twice is know? cool. But like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's like <laughs> greener pastures, buddy. They await you. But I, but it's funny how like theatrical those live concerts seem to be in a in a in a in a way you know what i mean like they're like yeah he it's like almost like i don't think he's into musical theater just felt like but it i think that he knew enough about this one theory by this you know like the the theater of cruelty i think he knew enough about that to be like oh yeah this is a valid right i could apply this interesting yeah that's my guess that's probably what it is yeah there you go yeah, yeah. All right, man, we've talked for like an hour yeah, and a half. Good luck, good luck editing this. And, uh, <laughs> I know, it'd be really... <laughs> it's all I'm putting it all why, up, why wouldn't man. you? It's Whatever. all gold. 
Yeah, I can honestly, only, like, I can whatever, only hear the yeah. music fading like, you, in right now. <laughs> now, all you Reddit nerds, here's <laughs> your completest <laughs> thing. Yeah, come here. I'm going to put this up in R Zappa. Podcast about it. <laughs> I'm totally going to do They don't like that, like though, which I find to be very... Yeah, it's I hate that because it's always like, oh yeah, I did this thing that you guys would like, and they're like, oh, we're gonna delete Fuck this you. Sorry. Yeah, we're yeah we can we'll <laughs> let child porn skirt by, but if you do self promotion, fuck you. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, so they, I'm definitely gonna post it now. <laughs> no, just, that was fun. I have a so there's there's some other music documentaries I want to I want to tell you about. By the way, uh, to watch. Um, oh yeah, sure. Dig? Have you ever seen Dig? We've. I love Dig, dude. We got it. Yeah. Okay. Now you've just trapped yourself into <laughs> an episode about Dig. Dig is my favorite music Dig. documentary. We got to talk. Oh, I would oh, love I'm to, to talk be about the heel. Dig. I'm uh, gonna have to go find. A, I'm gonna have to find a way to find something in that movie that's not perfect, which is challenging. <laughs> well, I think I think yeah, this dynamic it's works, fine. where it's sort of a couple a couple cool guys being open minded <laughs> about stuff. <laughs> 